Psalms chapter 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Selah. The Lord there says there, the psalmist says there in Psalm 68, verse 19, that the Lord daily loadeth us with benefits. Guys, there's a benefit to being saved and being in the house of God and being part of the family of God. There's great benefits of that. And it says it's daily. It's a daily loading. He loads us up daily. And when I see that benefits, it's funny living in this time and age that we live in. The first thing that came to mind was those little shopper cards that they give you at these different grocery stores where you go to a grocery store up at United, they have your phone number, and they'll, they'll put benefits on those cards. They call, you know, and like my wife told me, we were shopping uh, Friday, and she says, well, I got, I've got a free popcorn that they, they put on that card, and it's only for her, and they put it on her card, and she goes up there, and she grabs the popcorn, and when they, she gives them that card, that number off that card, they say, yep, that popcorn was free, whatever it was. And that, that's, that's, they load those things, those free coupons, and they do that to keep you to coming back to the store. Because they say, they want you to say, hey, it's a benefit, you shopping with us, and we're going we're gonna to load you up with some benefits with some free coupons. And that's what the Lord does for you. When you get saved, the Lord starts loading you up with benefits. It's, a, it's beneficial to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It's beneficial. And he says there, blessed be the Lord who daily, he does this stuff daily, guys, loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. So if you make God the God of your salvation, if God, you know, for some people, God's just God, and they're living their own life, and they might believe in God, but they've never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God is not the God of their salvation. But if God is the God of your salvation, you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's going to be benefits God's going to give you. And I want to show those to you this morning. I want to preach on those this morning because the Bible, the psalmist, later on, turn to Psalms 103. Psalms chapter 103. Later on in the Psalms, he lists them all out. Now, this is not every one of them, but he gives a real good list of the benefits of being a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. Because there are real benefits. When you, start, uh, when you start witnessing, you try to do a good job of witnessing and leading people to Jesus Christ. The first thing you notice is people thinking they're having to give up so much. To be a Christian. They think that you're having to give up. It's like going on a diet or something. When you talk to them, it's like they don't want to go on that diet. Oh, they see that, yeah, there's, there's benefits to going and being saved. They see it, but they don't really grasp it. They don't grasp the, 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 the eternal decision that they're making about their soul. They think that, well, I, if I become a Christian, then i got to live in a certain way, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. And they don't understand all the great benefits that we have being part of the family of God. And the Bible lists them all out here. Uh, not all of them, but does a real good job of listing them out here. And I, I want to show the, these to you. So in Psalms chapter 103 this morning, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. So this morning I want to remind you, and the Bible wants to remind you, of all the benefits there are to being a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. You know, I thought about, I feel like the Lord laid this message on my heart a couple of weeks ago. And I knew a couple of weeks ago I was going to be preaching this message. So, uh, And I look out on the crowd, and we don't, we don't have near as big an attendance as we usually have. And I think, well, this message is for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> you might not believe that, but I believe that. This message is for you. This morning, this is for you guys. This message, because nobody else is here, this message is for you. The Lord knew you were going to be here, so he saved it up. You know, and I believe in that. I know some of y'all think I'm kind of, I know I'm half crazy. But the reason why I believe the things I believe is because uh, there was a time where the Lord, years ago, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when I first started preaching in this church, the Lord gave me this message about the prodigal son. And the way he gave me the message, the way I was lining it out was for a young man. Now, at that time, there were no young men in the church. I mean, Brother Raymond was probably one of the younger men, you know, not, I'm just joking. But the point was that there, wasn't very, there were very few men in the church. We had very few people. And then on top of that, there were very few, there was no young men. I was the youngest man in the whole church, but this message was for young men. And I remember getting the message, you know, you got to preach what the Lord gives you. You just give it out, you know. And so I, I remember getting up there, and I remember getting, up, getting ready to preach, and the back door opened, and four young men walked in the back door and came to sit on the very back of that chair. I had never seen them before. They'd never seen me before, and I said, here we go, Lord, and I let it go because I knew the Lord had given that message for those guys, you know. A majority, so turned out that was Johnny. Johnny uh, Elliot and uh, his sister ended up coming in with them and we became friends with the whole family over the years. But that was the first time they had, they had a place up here on the ranch and they just had seen us and they wanted to go to church, so they come on down here. First time they'd been in the doors of the church, so... Uh, the Lord works that way. So I'm saying all that to say this. That's for you. This is for you. This message is for you guys. Okay. Verse 3. Verse 3. We don't, well, starting up at verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The first thing we need to, the first thing I want to point out is let's not forget this stuff. I'm going to preach it. We're going to read it. We're going to study it together this morning. And then we'll go, we're going to go home. We're going to eat a lunch. And we're going to, some of us are going to take a nap. And you're going to forget this stuff. Don't forget it. Don't forget how good it is to be saved. Some of y'all have been saved for so long, you forget what it's like on the other side, being on the dark side, walking around with a cloud just following you. you know, you know this, this dark, oppressive thing going on, this uncertainty, this lack of peace, this lack of joy. And now that you've been a Christian all these years, sometimes we get up, and I know we have aches and pains, we deal with lots of things in our lives, but man, there's, there's a great peace and a benefit to being saved. We need not forget that. Verse, verse 3, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. All right, the first one we need to look at here is he forgiveth all thine iniquities. He don't just forgive some of our sins, he forgives all of our sins. Amen, brothers and sisters, when you, when you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ died for all your sins you, you committed up to that time and all the sins you're going to commit up to you, up to the day you die. He, he saved you from all those sins. You got to grab a hold of that. He didn't just save you from the sins up to when you received him as your Lord and Savior. He knows you're a sinner. He knows you got sins in the future. He knows all this stuff, and that's what he's forgiven you of all of those sins. He doesn't just forgive you some of them, he forgives you all of them. And I want to say this too, and I'll point this out to you. It doesn't matter what they are. And I know the world don't like this. And I say this sometimes from this pulpit, but the world don't like this. The Lord can forgive you of being a murderer. The Lord can forgive you of being a rapist, a child molester, a thief, a robber, a homosexual. It don't matter what it is. The Lord can forgive you of those sins and wipe and cleanse you and make you white as snow. If he can't do it, then he's no God at all. Amen. And he can. And the precious blood of Jesus Christ can forgive you of all those sins. But we like to take, see, we, we like to think, well, he, he can't forgive a murderer. 
Oh, he can't forgive a, a rapist. or he can't, he, he, the, We try to put these little stipulations on God's love and God's forgiveness, but that God never does. God never has any side notes in the Bible where he says, well, some of these I'm not going to forgive you. He forgives of all thine iniquities. The next one there, the second one is, who healeth all thy diseases. Amen. We're seeing some healing going on in our church right now. I praise the Lord for that. But listen, some of them are now. Some of them now, amen. But all of them later. All of them later. Now it says he forgiveth, he healeth all thy diseases. Guys, I can come down there and you can have the biggest miracle worker in the world like Jesus Christ walking on this earth and he healed, he healed literally thousands of people when he walked on this earth, but they all died. <laughs> including Lazarus who raised from the dead. Lazarus went right back down into the grave. But there's going to come a time when those guys are going to come up with a new body that's not going to have disease, that's never going to have to worry about getting sick again. That's the healing we're looking for. So if you're living in this world right now and, and you feel like, well, I'm asking the Lord to heal me and I still got these aches, I still have this pain, I still have this cancer, I still have this, don't worry about it. There, there's coming a healing and it might not be today, but it will be. Someday you'll get that complete healing you need. Some, some are going to get healed now, but all of them are going to get healed later. You got to grab a hold of that. You got to grab a hold of that. Verse 4, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. He redeemeth our life from destruction. The third one is, He's redeemed us from destruction. Some of us were heading to jail or destruction. You know what? Uh, one of the benefits of, of, of being saved is, the Lord saved me from a life in prison. And I know y'all, some of y'all are not like me, and I appreciate that about y'all. Y'all are good folk, and I appreciate y'all being a really good folk. But I wasn't good folk before I got saved. I wasn't good. And I was living a life of, of crime. I was living a life that was leading. I was going to go to jail. I was living a life that was destined to go to prison and then destined to go to a devil's hell. That's where my life was heading before Jesus Christ. And he came in and he saved me. And he saved me from a life of destruction. And guys, it says there, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. He's, he, redeemed us from that, he redeemed us from the sins that destroy our lives. There's some of us here that can praise the Lord and say, you know, one of the benefits of me being saved is when I got saved, the Lord lifted up my desire for alcohol. The Lord lifted up my desire to steal. The Lord lifted up my desire to commit some awful sin. The Lord lifted these from me and took a burden away from me. And that's, that's something He redeemed you from. And that's a benefit of being saved. If, if you're living in a life of sin and, and you're saying, well, I want to get saved, but I can't stop drinking or I can't stop doing some certain sin. Listen, don't try to stop doing it. Just come to Jesus Christ and, let him, and, and ask Him to save you. Let Him clean you up. And He'll be the one through the Holy Spirit to redeem you from all of these sins and iniquities. It's a great benefit of being saved. In verse 4, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth Thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Amen. You know, you're just covered with, it's amazing. He, he crowned thee. You're just covered with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know, when I first saw that verse uh, years ago, I, I meditated on that and I said, what, what, what does that mean? 
And what, what came to my mind, and it might mean something for you, but what came to my mind was when I was growing up in school and I'd go to school, I grew up in a single-parent home, and uh, my mom was always just working, 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 working. She's working late-night shifts, and uh, she was never at home, it seemed like. And I would get up sometimes, and I'd go to work. And, I mean, I'd go to school, and my hair would look like a monster on top. You know, I wouldn't even comb my hair. I was just like a little monster, you know. And I'd go to work, I'd go to school, and I might not have clean clothes on, or I for sure didn't have good shoes on. And I'd go to school, and I'd sit down, you know, and I'd see some kid come in, and this kid would come in, his hair would be combed perfectly, he'd have real nice clothes, clean clothes on, and he'd have a real nice sack lunch. And to me, that's a kid that had parents that just covered him with loving kindness and tender mercies. Doesn't, I didn't, I'm not saying that that kid was rich, but you could see there's a parent that just covered him, that just hovered and said, okay, before you go to school, I'm going to comb your hair. I'm going to make sure your clothes are nice and clean and neat and, and starched or ironed. And then they'd come to school and they looked so nice. I'm not saying that they were the richest kids, but they were took care of by their parents. Amen? I mean, you, I, that's what I've seen. And I say, that's a kid that had, that's just crowned with loving kindness. That's how our Father feels about us. Our Father, sometimes people, the reason why people hate Christians is because they look at us and they see somebody who's blessed. Amen. Yes. They see somebody who's happy, who's blessed, who just, they shouldn't be happy. That's why they hate us. And that's, sometimes that's why they call us hypocrites. Because even though sometimes some sin, we might do some sin in our life, we can still, we can ask for forgiveness and we know we still have that joy and peace. And they don't like that. They don't like that. They don't want God. See, the, God's going to forgive you of all your iniquities, but the world's never going to do it. Right. Amen? I mean, the world is never going to do it. And I, I'm thankful to the Lord, and one of the benefits of being saved is He does crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Man, that's, that's a blessing, guys. That's a real blessing. There in verse 5, look at verse 5. Who satisfies thy mouth, satisfies thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. You just get fed good. You know what one of the benefits of being a Christian is? You get fed good. It's no longer your job to feed yourself. It's the Lord's job to give you food. Jesus Christ says, the Lord, the God Father knows you have need of these things and he'll give them to you. Do you realize this morning, I don't care who you are right here. Do you realize this morning, it wasn't if you're going to eat, it's what am I going to eat? Amen, right? When we get through here, when I get through preaching, y'all going to leave this building and it's not like, it's not if you're going to eat, it's what are you going to eat. Do you know how big a blessing that is? Hey, we're blessed. It's a benefit to be a Christian. How long has it been since you said, am I going to eat? Nobody asked, nobody's asked yourself that question. How long? No. You, what am I going to eat? Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. Listen, I'm going to read you a verse. It's found in Psalms chapter 37, verse 25. This, the psalmist says, I have been young and now I'm old. And yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Begging bread. The psalmist said, I've never seen, some, I've never seen the righteous begging for bread. Amen. Listen. When you see those guys on the corner there, and they're standing there, and they have those signs, they're saying, God bless you, I need food, or God bless you, I need food, God bless you. You remember that verse right there. It makes you wonder, huh? I've never seen a Christian begging for stuff. Shouldn't be begging for food. 
I've seen Christians making a fool of themselves, begging for money from lost people to try to go on some mission trip. I don't think that's right. But I've never seen a Christian having to beg for food. Amen. Shouldn't happen to be that way. Guys, especially in the time we're living in, God has blessed this country just tremendously because of our Christian values, because of the Christians living in this country. And there's nobody underneath the sound of my voice that's a Christian that should be begging for food. It's not if you're going to eat, it's what am I going to eat. Hey, that's the truth. It's a benefit. It's a benefit. Man, the Lord takes good care of us. That's what I'm trying to say to you this morning. And maybe you don't realize it. I'm not saying you're going to get a steak meal every, every, every meal. I'm not trying to tell you that you're going to get everything you want in food. You're not going to get uh, the, the best food every time, but you're going to eat. You're going to eat. You're going to have something to eat. The Lord's taking, and you're going to have something to, some clothes to get on you. The Lord's going to take care of you. Look at verse 6. Moving right along. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Amen. Amen. He executes judgment and righteousness. How, he knows how you're being treated and what you're going through in your life. He knows how you're being treated and what you're going through in your life. See, the Lord's not just up in heaven and he's forgotten about you. No, 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 not, not, that's not a benefit. The benefit is that the Lord knows exactly where you're at and what you're going through. Amen. Even though the Lord might not be speaking to you audibly, he knows what's going on in your heart and he knows the trouble you're dealing with. He knows it. He knows it. And he hadn't forgotten about you. And I praise the Lord for that. God will take care of all your toads. Why would you amen that, Brother Raymond? You don't even know what that means. He took care of all, took care of all your toads? <laughs> God will take care of all your toads. And I know it's really, really quiet in here because you have no idea what I mean by that. And let me tell you a story. Duke Wellington, a guy named Duke Wellington, he was a Duke, he was Duke Wellington. He, sound, he, he come across this little kid and this little kid was just crying and crying. And he asked that little kid, what's wrong with you? And that little kid said, I'm about to have to go off to school. And Duke Wellington said, well, stop crying. That's no way to be a man. Grow up. There's nothing wrong with going to school. You need to go to school. And that kid, when he got through getting chewed out by Wellington, said, it doesn't have nothing to do with school. He said, I'm about to leave and nobody's going to take care of my pet toad. And Duke Wellington, in this story, felt really awful about chewing this kid out. And he said, young man, young man, I'll take care of your pet toad. So that young man, he went off to school. This is back in the day when they sent him off to school. And he went off to school, and while that kid was at school, he got a letter from Duke Wellington. And in that letter, Duke Wellington was talking to that kid, and he says, I want, you to, I want to tell you that your toad is well taken care of. He took care of that little kid's toad. God will take care of all your toads. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is God will take care of all this stuff that really doesn't mean nothing. Amen. But you're like a little kid. You're crying over it. You're upset about it. You, you feel like the world's about to end. And the Lord says, I'll take care of that. You just do what you're supposed to do, and I will take care of that. And I know when I look back at my life, some of the things that have brought me gray hair, some of the things that I've fretted over and lost sleep over, I look back on that, and I'm like, why did I... It was no big deal. And honestly, seriously, there's times I've gotten into almost literally fistfights with people, and years later I look back and was, what were we arguing about? <laughs> the, the stuff is not important like we think it is. But oh, at that time, it's the most important thing going on. It's our little toad. It's our pet toad. And it means the world to us. And God says, I'll take care of your toad. I'll take care of your toad. 
He knows what you're going through, guys. He knows what you're going through. He's there for you. He knows what you're going through. Look at verse 7. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. That's our Lord. He, makes it, he, let, he let them know that even though they were oppressed, he took care of them. In verse 8, let's look at the next one, verse 8. This is the seventh one in verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. The Lord, when the Lord does discipline us, one of the benefits of being in the family of God and having God as our Father, when the Lord does discipline us, it's not for very long. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. And that's what verse 8 is telling you there. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, get after you like a children, child would do. Neither will he keep his anger forever. Amen. That's what I love about the Lord. One of the great characteristics of our Lord God is that he's long-suffering. He's long-suffering. So he will not always, even though he disciplines us, one of the benefits of being with him, even though he disciplines us, and he does discipline us, it's not very long and it's not very hard. And you know what? We have it coming. We have it coming. And uh, the opposite of that, if you're not a, a, a born-again Christian, uh, for the lost man, hell is forever. That's a punishment that's forever. And when you're on the other side of that coin and you're not, you don't have God as your father, Hell is a long time to be punished. It's forever. It's a long time. And I'm not trying to somber you down, but that's the truth. If you're underneath the sound of my voice, you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that's a long time to be punished. And the Bible says us that hell is forever. It's an everlasting punishment. But I'm thankful I'm a born-again Christian that even when the Lord gets mad at me, He only punishes me just a little bit because I'm His child and He lets me back in, Amen. in the house and doesn't... <laughs> He doesn't have to whip me for very long. Praise the Lord for that. Even though I have it coming, because look at the very next verse. Look at the very next verse, verse 10. Look at verse 10. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, see, that, that verse 10, that straightens it all out. Because what that tells you is, is that, yeah, you might get spanked by the Lord. You might, he might discipline you a little bit, but he sure doesn't give you what you deserve. And I thank the Lord for that. And I, that's one of the benefits of being in the family of God is you can be stupid and do some stupid things and God lets you get away with a lot of foolishness. And then he'll, he might have to put his hand down. He might have to discipline you a little bit. But he, he's not for very long. He lets it go. And it's never, it's never what we deserve. We have never gotten what we deserve. But if you're a lost man or woman underneath the sound of my voice, you're going to get exactly what you deserve. At the judgment of God. And that should scare you. Because if I had to stand before God as a judge and not a father, and God was a judge, and I had to stand before God, and He decides He's going to give me everything I deserve, I'm going straight to hell like a bullet. And it should scare you if you're not a Christian to think that God's going to stand you before Him and He's going to give you everything you deserve. And I'm thankful one of the benefits of being saved is He doesn't give us everything we deserve. And I'm thankful for that. Praise the Lord for that. I praise the Lord for that. Look at, look at uh, verse 11. For as the heavens is high above the earth, as gr so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. Praise the Lord for that. 
Praise the Lord for that. He not only forgives our sins, He cleanses us and takes our sins away from us. We're not going to, you know, it's one thing to say, yeah, uh, uh, I, I'm a sinner and you've forgiven me, but I'm still living in the sin. No, Jesus Christ comes along and he says, you're a sinner. I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to wash you. I'm going to take you out of that sin. And I'm going to make sure you're not a sinner anymore. I'm going to give you a new body where you don't have to worry about sin anymore. And that day's coming and you're going to have to never worry about sin anymore. He's not only going to cleanse you and wash you of these sins. He's taking you away from them. And praise the Lord for that. And it says that he, he's going to remove them from you as far as the east is from the west. That's very important. Sometimes it's what the Bible doesn't say that makes it such an amazing book. The Bible says he's going to remove your sins from the, as far as, as the east is from the west. So you start traveling east, you start traveling east, you're never going to start traveling west. Amen? But if he had said, I'm going to remove your sins as far as the north is from the south, if you started going north, you know what would happen? You'd go on this globe and you'd start heading, what would happen? You'd start heading south eventually. Guys, that book is amazing. Amen. And not only is it amazing, but God knows enough about the globe to know He can't say north from the south. He says the east from the west. He, he's taking your sins. I'm going to read you a couple of verses about your sins, what God's done with them. Job chapter 14, verse 17. My transgression is sealed up in a bag, Job says, and thou sowest up mine iniquity. Job says, you've took all my sins, you've put them in a bag. And then Micah says in chapter 7, verse 19, He will turn again, and He will have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Praise the Lord. He's saying, I'm, not only, I'm going to take from as far as the east is from the west, I'm going to take your sins, I'm going to put them in a bag, and I'm going to take them and throw them in the ocean. You're never going to see your sins no more. Man, the Lord's forgiven me of things, but I can't wait till the time the Lord helps me forget those things. The world won't let me forget it. Man, there's people that will never let me forget some of the stupid nonsense things I've done. But the Lord has forgiven me and there's going to come a time He's forgotten it, but He's going to make sure I forget it too. Amen. He says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17, And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Praise the Lord. Man, these, I tell you what, man, there's some great benefits to being Part of the family of God. Great benefits. Verse 13. Verse 13. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Amen. Man, if, if I wasn't a father, I really wouldn't understand that verse. But being a father and having love for my son, it, it, it's humbling to think God feels the same way about me like I do about my son. The greatest story I've ever, one of the greatest stories I've ever read was a story about a, a father who had a son and the, the son kept misbehaving, the, the son kept disobeying and the father said, son, I'm telling you, if you do that again, because he knew the son would never want this to happen, he said, if you do that again, I'm going to send you down to the basement and you're going to spend the night in the basement. And of course, the son being the son kind of like I would be, he did it again. So the, the father took the son, he said, okay, go get your pillow and go down in the basement you're spending the night down there. So the son went down in the basement and went down in the basement to sleep down in the basement and the father was up in the, at the dinner table with his wife and the wife and him were talking and he could hear his son down there weeping a little bit and the father started feeling guilty. All of us dad understand this. The times we've spanked, we've spanked our kids and we felt like, man, we wish we didn't have to. You know when the father used to say, this is hurting me worse than it hurts you? And we used to think, they're such big liars. 
They're such liars, but they, there's some truth in that. Because you don't want to hurt your kids. You don't want to have to do it, but you know that's what they need to, to discipline them. And the father started doubting his discipline. He said, you know, he's down in the basement. I know he's scared. And the, and the, and the wife said, uh, honey, you can't, you can't go down and get him because if you go down and get him, you'll break your word and he'll never respect your word again. He'll just keep doing what he's been doing. So as the son lay down in the basement, scared and alone, he saw the door open up to that basement and here comes the dad with a pillow in his hand and he walked down those steps. And the dad came down to where the son was and got down next to the son, put his pillow down there, cuddled up with the son and he spent the night with the son down in the basement. He didn't break his word. We can't go up to where the father's at, but he's come down to where we're at in the form of Jesus Christ. He loves us and pities us like a father. Well, I'm thankful for that. I'm sorry I'm getting emotional, but I didn't have a father. And to think, to think how much I love my son and to think the Lord loves me like that. It's very, very humbling. Very humbling. Verse 14, For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. One of the great benefits of being saved is the Lord remembers that we are nothing but sinners. Amen. He knoweth, for He knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. The Lord knows that we're sinners. The Lord knows that we're no good. The Lord knows that we can't do the things we should do. The Lord knows that. The Lord knows that we're mighty sinners saved by His mighty grace. And He doesn't forget that. He doesn't forget it. He remembers it. And I'm thankful for that because the Lord could just forget about that and just come right down there and just wipe me out, snuff me out. But the Lord remembers, oh, Keegan, he's sorry. Keegan's no good. I shouldn't expect nothing out of Keegan. If he's doing anything good, I should just be happy about it. I know a lot of y'all are good people in, in, in the family of God. I'm just like a mentally challenged person in the family of God. The Lord just has to put up with me because I'm just so mentally challenged about a lot, so, much different, so many different things. And the last one I want to show you this morning. Last one I'm going to show you this morning. Verse 15. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. Guys, we're just basically, just, we're just, in this life, we're just, we're just fading away. I, I think about this church. Look at this church. Who, who built this church? Name the man that built this church. Name, name the first preacher that preached in this church. These are people that established something and, and they just have faded away. Gone. Whew. We're like a dandelion where you just take that and you just blow on it. And just, just, we're just like dust in the wind. You know, the, the heathens sing about that. Dust in the wind. Kansas sings a song. Dust, that's what we are. But verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him and His righteousness unto children's children. Amen. One of the great benefits and the last benefit, and I've shown you 12 of these. You might have been counting, but I've shown you 12 benefits of being saved. And the last benefit I want to show you is that one right there is that these benefits of being saved go on and last forever. Amen. They go on and last forever. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. If you're a born-again Christian, you have nothing to worry about. 
All you have to worry about is standing before the judgment seat of Christ and answering to Him for some things you've done. But as far as your salvation goes, as far as getting into heaven, that's already been took care of. Now you're just living in the benefits. You've got the benefit card. you got all the good deals. You get all the good coupons that nobody else gets. You get all the blessings that nobody else gets. You get, you've got the rewards that nobody else is getting. And we should be thankful for that. And like, like I told you at the very beginning of this sermon, back up at verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Let's not forget them, guys. We're so lucky to be saved. And we're so lucky that somebody came along one day and told us about Jesus Christ. And we had the grace to say, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And boy, it changed our lives. And I know for me, it changed my life forever. Thank you, Lord, for your love and grace and mercy in my life. And Father, Lord, I just know that there's some of us in here, Father, dealing with all kinds of different things. Father, health issues, emotional issues, Lord. Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will move on us right now, Lord God, and show us our love, Lord. Show us your love that you have for us, Father, as a, as a Father. And Lord, show us that love that you're willing to come down into that basement, Father, and cuddle up with us and, and deal with it with us, Lord. And we thank you. Father, I just thank you for getting me out of the pit so many years ago, Lord. Loving me and caring enough about me, Lord, to, to put me in the to work for you, Father. And Lord, I just pray that uh, as we go through the rest of this week, Lord God, we'll have that joy and peace that you give us, Lord, and we'll tell other people about Jesus Christ, Father. And Lord, we want to thank you right now, Father, for the healing you've been giving Colleen. Lord God, thank you, thank you, thank you for your love and grace and mercy there. And Lord, be with her husband, Lord, and be with her dad. And Father, we also want to thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Father, for your healing there. And Father, I just pray that as we go through the rest of this week, Lord God, and get into the into the Saturday, Lord, that you'll send some people our way to our booth, Lord God. We can tell about your son, Jesus Christ, Father. And if there's somebody hurting, Lord God, we can talk to them about Jesus. And Lord, show them your son, Father. And we just want to, Father, we just want to be a vessel for you to use this weekend, Father, at, at the fall festival, Lord. And Father, we just pray you'll get all the honor and glory and people won't see you. I mean, won't see us, Lord. They'll see you in us, Lord. And Father, we thank you for these people, Lord, that came out this morning. We're praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe there are streets of gold It's alright with me If there's nothing more than one old gravel road And I know mansions are waiting But a cabin suits me fine Just a place where I can rest my heavy load Oh, they say there is a river that flows beneath the throne And the surface there reflects that holy place And I'm sure that all the splendor will be so grand to see What I long to see the most is my Savior's face Cause that's all that matters to me To bow my head and thank my blessed Savior on my knees On those peaceful hills of glory In His 
presence I will be To know I'm home, that's all that matters to me It's a perfect land where night shall never come And all the beauty I'll behold there Can't compare to how I'll feel When I hear my precious Lord say well done Cause that's all that matters to me To bow my head and thank my blessed Savior on my knees On those peaceful hills of glory in His presence I will be To know I'm home, that's all that matters to me Daniel found him faithful in a lion's den. He sent fire down from heaven when Elijah called on him. And though Joseph was forsaken, he was rewarded with the throne. And when David felt his heart break, he could sing this song. Every need supplied, every moment satisfied, and every time I called His name, I know I'll find Him just the same. And if you've gone out on a limb, or your way it may seem dim, don't give up and don't give in, casting off your care upon Him. You said we could move mountains, the faith of a mustard seed. So I know our God is able to meet our every need. Then one day with all the blood-washed saints we'll gather round the throne. And with anthem sweet crown at his feet, we'll sing it on and on. Every need supplied, every moment satisfied, and every time I call his name, I know I'll find him just the same. And if you've gone out on a limb, or your sing them. Don't give up and don't give in. Cast in all your care upon Him. Cast in all
Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him